Hi, my name is Althea Aliere, and this is the Clean Your Room podcast. This is season one, episode 15, and I'm recording this on Friday, June 18, 2021 in Los Angeles, California. Today I have a super short intro because the episode is a 90 minute long conversation with my brother, Bruce. We talk about cleaning, our childhood, and also random tangents because, well, we're siblings and that's how we do things. Um, I also, you may have noticed, or maybe you didn't, um, that I am still pronouncing my first name Althea, kind of without the first E, the first E is silent. Um, but my last name, uh, still trying to pronounce it Aliare, the way my papa would say it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to have to be the happy medium that I strike with this name thing. Cause I cannot remember to say my first name the other way, the way it's spelled. So Althea, it is. Um, anyway, here, real quick, we're just going to go to the anchor ad and then it's on with the show because it's pretty long. All right. So let's, let's begin, begin. Uh, hey, brother. How are you Hello, doing? sister. I'm doing yes. pretty great. Oh my God. Our, our latency is actually pretty good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell also because you're not garbled on the recording. Yes. Um, in- introduce yourself for the audience. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, hey, I'm Bruce. I'm Althea's brother. Oh, my God. It's so weird saying your name in English. <laughs> yeah, I uh, had to explain uh, in a work thing a couple of weeks ago that uh, no one in my family uh, pronounces it that way. Pronounces it that way, and or remembers to say my legal name. Your actual uh, name. My nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when I used to work at Borders uh, back when Borders existed, um, I actually would tell new hires, like when uh, we got new people. I would tell them my nickname and it'd be like, if you get a random Filipino person calling and they're looking for orange, it's not a crank call. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just realized that I actually haven't said either of your names very much in my life because I just referred to you as Ate. Yes. Ate. Um, Over here, I get called Ate O. That, that nice. Also. A classic. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, sorry. Just to finish my intro, um, you know, I'm your brother. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up with you until we separated, sadly. Uh, you stayed in the U.S. and I went here to the Philippines. Yeah. And I've just lived my life as a freelancer, although I was employed for a pretty good chunk of time. But I'm a freelance designer and uh, upcoming game developer. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Man, I'm simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's easier to explain, I feel like, sometimes. I There was that thing happening for a while that said, you know, like enumerate your first seven jobs. And I'm like, oh, I've only had seven jobs my whole life. <laughs> I had to tack tutoring on from high school in order to have seven. <laughs> retail, yeah. retail, retail, retail. 
Jeez. Okay. If I if I had to like say what my jobs were, I could only technically say call center agent and website developer. Those are <laughs> the only official jobs that I've ever had. Uh, I think your freelance uh, position now is an official job. I, I don't feel like I can say podcaster is my official job yet. <laughs> I guess. I 14 guess. or 15 episodes in, it's still really like a hobby for me. And also because of the pandemic, like one of the things that I had planned to do with the podcast was to volunteer to help people clean and do like a recording before and a recording after. I help them clean and organize their house or whatever. Mm. Not even their whole house. Maybe they just have like their bedroom is messy or the living room is disorganized or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they have a specific category like books or something like that. But then of course the pandemic happened and you couldn't go to people's houses. Like even now it's still a little bit sketchy like I I had a couple people here the other day to look at some clothes and books that I was giving away hi by the way in case you're listening to Christine and her child that she um, brought over who also loves cats and who took a bunch of my stuff I'm very grateful for them coming over and doing that but yeah because um, uh, her child is still I think half vaccinated or maybe not yet vaccinated because she might not be eligible age-wise yet um they came in they were wearing masks and um it's just like we're still distancing indoors and i i think also because uh pretty much almost all of my friends are either vaccinated because they want to be or vaccinated because they can be and still observing wearing masks and physical distancing I feel like it's gotten a little easier and lighter but we're still everybody's still really nervous and so I haven't volunteered to be like hey let me come rearrange your closet (laughs) awkwardly with a mask on and we'll talk about it (laughs) yeah touch all your things (laughs) let let me touch all of your things and speak to you in the close quarters of your room share breathing space with you a lot you know, but like, you know, once everyone gets vaxxed, I think the world can continue in some sense. Oh my gosh, the vaccination. Um, <laughs> so here in the Philippines, I think, I don't, I don't even know if we've hit 1% of our mm-hmm. population, but anyway. Uh, Is it just very of course the, because of administrative um, oh, so. yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like um, the rollout by the government is not very efficient. And there's also a lot of people who don't want to get the vaccine. So there are multiple hurdles on both sides of uh, the coin. But, you know, um, I think we'll eventually get there, uh, especially if people don't like wearing masks and I feel like in the long run, once vaccinated people are allowed to unmask, that'll prompt a lot of uh, um, vaccination unbelievers to just bite the bullet and get it. But anyway, out of depressing news, (laughs) (laughs) 
actually, <laughs> jeez, Ugh. no, no, it's a positive. It's great. It's 2021. <laughs> it's going to be a great year. All things are going to be uh, fall into place. Uh, the world is going to fix itself. Um, and, and, and if it doesn't, we're already halfway through. So <laughs> <laughs> there's always next year. Uh, the procrastinators creed. Um, so. Uh, when you're talking about like going over to other people's mm-hmm. houses to organize stuff, it actually reminded me of let's uh, you know let's go reminiscing. Yes, um, yes. we are actually. I, I don't know if this is my perception or if this is actually true, but I think we, meaning you and me, are actually very good at organizing stuff from childhood. Right. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I remember in the summertime, we would get all of our toys out and sort them into categories of action figure, doll, uh, stuffed toy, and then either wash all the, wash everything, and then detail them almost like car detailing, like Q-tips and acetone probably. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, do you remember your your dollhouse? I do remember my dollhouse. I it's still it's still one of uh, my my favorite uh, things because your dollhouse is not the ordinary dollhouse with just you know a, a, a handful of dolls and furniture. You had that fridge with fake mm-hmm. food with like tiny Barbie sized food, mm-hmm. and I remember that we would always like properly organize the refrigerator. Like bottles go in the the door, the door all of the, the, the food the things. Door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and your washing machine, the oh, little yes. tiny doll washing machine that actually worked. That was not an official uh, Barbie product. That was like something that we got in Singapore, or I should say our parents got in hmm. Singapore, uh, that you would put D batteries inside Um, the back of one of the either the washing machine or the dryer and then Mm. you could actually put water and soap and it would agitate your doll clothes in it and then the dryer would warm up uh, which was probably dangerous and (laughs) in hindsight that was probably like probably really uh, dangerous a fire uh, hazard Mm -hmm. and there was a tiny iron and you could plug the iron into an outlet uh, that was on the dryer and the iron would also heat up so we would pretend to iron all the clothes and they would actually get a little bit ironed because it could hot would get hot <laughs> oh, Super man. dangerous 1980s <laughs> hey um do you remember all of those uh octopus wiring uh infomercials and pamphlets they would put out during Christmas time because people were like, I'm just going to plug all of my lights into one <laughs> giant. It's not even an extension cord. It was a thing. It was just like a cube that you plugged into a wall socket so that instead of there one socket, it outlets. became five yes. or 10. Right? Yes. They do actually time. make that now as a surge protector. I have one under my bed. Um that is both surge protector and increases your number of outlets. So I, I do feel a little safer now. It has, technology has advanced. <laughs> We've moved forward in civilization. 
<laughs> there was other, so I feel like we were pretty much trained early on to do chores. Like as soon as you could prove that you weren't going to drop all the dishes, you had to learn how to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe and- like nine yeah, yeah. Nine years old, probably correct. And basically, it's like if you could not cook, you had to wash dishes. Yes. So you were very good. I feel like pretty early on, you were already like cooking, like as a child. Child, it it, it took a while for them to like trust me, uh, with the stove. Oh yeah, I also have a a, a stove story. Um. <laughs> When you were very small, so probably a baby, I think I woke up really late one day and there was no breakfast. And the lady who was taking care of us, the Yaya, I don't remember her name actually. She was, I think she was on the phone. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to the stove because I wanted just the hot dog bun with no hot dog, just hot dog bun with butter. And um, I knew how to turn on the stove and I, you have to turn it on to the lighting, uh, you know, where it's ticking. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the sparker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then you have to take the little lighter. The it, It's the one that is long that looks kind of like a thin, a really thin gun. And then oh, you have yeah, to yeah. Like click the safety, like four or five. Uh-huh. Um, you have to click the safety thing and then click it so that this, the spark would come out. Mm-hmm. And I singed off my eyebrows and and eyelashes <laughs> because it just it had been on for a while and the the flame just went boom into my face. Fun. <laughs> yeah, but so after that, I did get better with one lighting the stove and two using the toaster. So I think I used to make us little pizzas with just white bread and ketchup and cheese. That was oh yeah for nine-year-old and you must have been four or five (laughs) geez we were still doing that up until uh we were you know high school college last year yeah i did this last year when i had some bread (laughs) like oh put some cheese man i have not actually done that in a while (laughs) i do have an oven i should do that sometime no but i've gotten (laughs) to the point where like uh pizza Every once a year, I try to mm-hmm. make a pizza, you know, from scratch. Oh, from scratch, uh-huh. And then I realize how much I hate uh, proofing dough. <laughs> and then I never do it. Uh, sorry, I, I don't never do it again. I do it again next year. <laughs> I really don't have the patience for bread, which is something that you're very good at. I've I've acquired patience for bread, but I also don't make it very much. I make it like once a year, like you said. It's like a novelty or just to keep it up. Um, I'm trying to think what else our other chores were. Oh, just like general cleaning. Do you remember like basically any child in our household who is uh, like knee height, uh, Mm -hmm. you are given the bunot. You're given the task of waxing the floor because you're very low to the ground and it is very easy (laughs) for you. Um, I'm sure like all of us have had a, yeah, I'm sure all of us have had a turn where we sit on the bunot. Mm -hmm. Like all of us were small enough. Like I'm, (laughs) 
I'm sure I have like a memory of each of our cousins when they were small, uh, being sat down on a bunot and being pushed around on the floor on the I'm pretext sure of having photographs. fun. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there are photographs of this. I can smell the floor wax now in my mind. Mm. Um, so for the people that don't know what is a bunot, bunot is like a, a big coconut shell that has been dried and it's cut in half so that um, on one side of it, you just have like the bristles of the coconut shell and they make a really good buffer for the floor. And the other side of it obviously is the curved part of the of the coconut shell and it's usually cut a little bit so that um, the top is uh, flat and you can sit your foot on top of it, um, which is probably super bad for your arches. But, yeah, um, yeah. You, yeah, you can park your arch right on top of that and then you push it around um, with your foot. It's like a leg workout um, that also cleans your floor. Uh, it polishes your floor. <laughs> and and uh, it was one of those things where using the bunot is like a tradition or, mm-hmm. you know, just like uh, a habit, I guess. Because in our childhood home, we had that giant floor buffer. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It looks like a flo- it looks like a vacuum cleaner. It looks uh, like an industrial, like what you would see at like a public school in yeah, yeah. the United States to buff the tile floors with, or if there's wood, tile or wood floors. So we owned one, but you still use the bunot. Yeah, like they would never bring it out, and it always like. Uh, is it Atelen? Uh, is is that Arya? Am I remembering right? Oh, I I don't remember. Anyway, the, I I remember only remember. Oh, so and then just for context for the audience, um, if you're above a certain level of poverty, I guess in the Philippines, you usually hire other people's families to come help you out at home and with your children. Um, so we had. Ates, Ates is, um, or Ate's older sister, um, and you don't have to be related. I think all, a lot of our yayas were related. So uh-huh. yayas, um, maid or nanny or uh-huh. housekeeper, um, but we would, that's like the term for them, but we would call them Ate, which is older sister. And um, I remember Ate Elsie and Elsa, who were twins. Uh-huh. Um, I lived for a long time with our grandfather. So Lolo's um, maid was uh, at the Nedi for a long time. And then our sister, oh, Cherry Pie. Our sister is named Cherry Pie, and her yaya was at the Fe. So I think at you probably fe. still see sometimes. Yeah. I've not seen her in a long time. But yeah, like uh, I saw her the last when we... Time we visited. So. Yes, exactly. Randomly she was there. <laughs> I think that is also the last time that I saw her. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, speaking of that, here in the Philippines, and I think in a lot of uh, Asian countries in general, like having a maid is not... Unusual. Like, you, you say that it's uh, above a certain, um, I guess, like income or like mm-hmm. financial status. If you but, can afford one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but you, you would actually be surprised. Like, 
it's it's like if you, if you talk about demographics and you say like D and E families, um, some of them still do have house help, if not um, like a a live in stay at home yaya yeah, yeah, at the mm-hmm. very least, like someone who comes in to just help mm-hmm. with chores because that mm-hmm. is just kind of part of the culture, and a lot of people, especially like uh you know to supplement income household income uh they are happy to come in and help you do laundry and help you clean your house uh a funny thing though i do know that in the states there are like task rabbit services or or something similar to that where they do uh house cleaning Mm -hmm. so here in the Philippines, I don't think that has been like really formalized in in that way. Like mm-hmm. you can't just an like get on and yeah, you can't just get on an app or a website and just you know uh, order uh, uh, for house cleaning. Like you literally have to like go through like connections and um, oh, you have to know somebody who knows somebody exactly or. <laughs> Uh, basically, the 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 thing that you do is you call up your mom or your your closest tita and say, "Hey, I need help uh, cleaning up my house. Uh, can you recommend someone?" And it'll just go through the network, and someone will show up at your door, uh, <laughs> like two or three days later. It's like a it's anachronism. Like I don't know. It, it, it's like. Uh, I guess we don't need an app because the the system is already there. You are the app. Yeah, I I do kind of wish sometimes that I could just like uh, flip open the phone and say, oh, come on, uh, I need someone to clean the grease trap. Can someone come over? (laughs) But I also feel like um, having them around, uh, having the Atas around Mm -hmm. during our childhood also taught me a lot. Like, they either taught me how to cook, like I learned a lot of my cooking from um, Atenida and Ate Andrea, uh, Atenedi also, although Atenedi was, she had the specialty from like an American cookbook that we had or a British cookbook that we had was fish croquettes and I still can't make fish croquettes. It's basically like a mashed potato meatball with fish inside that's really soft and flaky and then it's coated with breadcrumbs um but I learned how to do laundry from them like I'm not good at folding laundry I'm not as good as Jason he's very fast at folding laundry he can do like a whole load in five minutes but and my mind tends to wander like I'll I'll put some tv on or a podcast (laughs) Uh, and then I'll fold for like half an hour, but um, I probably learned how to do dishes from them, how to clean floors, cleaning the fridge also. I would do that with people. So I feel like it was also, you know, it sounds like it might sound to a lot of listeners in um, areas where they don't commonly hire somebody to regularly clean their home. Um, and like live with them because all of these people lived with us at some point except for there's a lady whose name I can't remember but she used to do our ironing Um, yeah yeah 
I remember I remember her face. I just don't remember her name because I haven't thought about her in like thirty years. <laughs> I oh geez, uh, that's gonna bother me so much. Like oh, yeah. I can yeah, I can yes. Aling Marin. Oh yeah, you're right. There you go, Aling Marin. <laughs> uh, so I I learned to iron from her. Um, like she would come in, come over and do. Um, the bulk of our ironing, which is like because of the hard water situation, no yeah. no matter what chemicals you put in your washing machine to try to make your clothes softer, they still come out like stiff as boards afterwards, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily have a dryer because in here we would put it in the dryer and when you take it out, it's kind of soft and you can shake it out and... Um, hold it really fast and it won't wrinkle as much but um she would iron like for days I felt like yeah uh that's one to take over the ironing once she left I feel like that's also one of the the things that a lot of Filipino families haven't adapted to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh because in you know in a traditional household we're in a tropical country you don't really need a dryer because you can just hang your clothes outside and, and they will dry really in the air. But a lot of apartment uh, living people here, because they never grew up with a dryer, they just don't buy one, but they don't have the same, uh, you know, convenience of like uh, <laughs> an outside, like, like uh, a place to hang clothes. So uh, yeah, like basically we, do you remember in our house, uh, we had uh, like indoor drying yes. all over the place? Yes. It's like if, you, if, if there's a window, mom would attach a wire across uh, mm-hmm. some, some part of the, uh, the house. And then we would just have laundry hanging there uh, a couple days a week. There's like an extendable one that you pull mm-hmm. out from the wall, from the, it's yes. hooked up to the wall, you pull it out, and then you hang everything, and I would actually have like a favorite, you know, uh, on this drying rack, because it's really strong, you put shirts and mm-hmm. pants, and then on that drying rack, which is super weak, you put underwear. <laughs> Yes, I learned that from you. I actually continued to use that method uh, when you moved back, yes. <laughs> and I did not actually realize that that came from you. It was just something that I did as a matter of fact and never questioned it. Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I had a reason. I had a reason. Mm-hmm. I tested it out and it didn't work the other way. Like the one rack would sag or like its, its little bars would like be bending under the weight and so um, there's also some things that you put on a hanger so that you can reshape like the shoulders and stuff like that so I would put um, Papa has those uh, hangers that looks like 10 hangers strung together and you like unfold it yeah and I would like I would have certain things like okay this one you put every other and then you fill the spaces in with thinner shirts so that the thick shirts on the outside will dry faster there's a whole system. I thought about these things, Bruce. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> on that note, on the note of laundry, uh, as I've grown into adulthood, I have realized that I really hate doing laundry. <laughs> I really hate, like, 
the process of loading up the washing machine, um, having it run in the background. And then, you know, you have to think about it. You have to think constantly like, oh, is the, is the wash going to be ready? Um, do I have Tiny to? Wise. Yeah, yeah. Like, do I have to be there to get the wash out? Because if you leave it in the in the washing machine for, oh, for yeah. too long, it just smells awful. It smells. Uh, and so, like, river. yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't go out tonight because uh, my washing machine is running, <laughs> you know? Um, I also hate the process of drying laundry if you don't have a dryer. And mm-hmm. I hate the process of ironing. So one of the life hacks, I'm going to call this a life hack, uh, one of the life hacks that I've developed in uh, my later years is getting a laundry service. Oh, smart. And so you I, just give them your clothes once a week or how does it work? Yes. They literally come to my house and I give them like two, three bags of laundry. And then three days later, they come back with clean laundry. It's all folded. It's not folded nicely. I think you have to pay extra for that, <laughs> but it's all it's folded service. and it's all clean and it all smells nice. And I just stick it in my closet. And I think that is a very good uh, thing to do. If you find that you have a chore or cleaning activity that you just dislike doing, just, you know, I'll say to that. yourself, you earn enough money mm-hmm. to pay someone else to do the thing that you hate so that you can spend <laughs> that time that you bought back with your money on something more productive. Like work. <laughs> yes, like earning the money so that I can pay the laundry service. <laughs> um, I actually, so I also kind of hate doing the laundry. I make myself... Um, put away my laundry within like a day of it being washed but I also don't have that problem anymore in the sense that I think because Jason so my husband partner whatever you want to call him um uh Jason has ADHD and in order to uh deal with the kind of ADD part of his Uh, attention deficit disorder part of his uh, mind he also has an extensive uh, list of chores that he manages in a tool called OmniFocus and so whenever on his to-do list a couple of times a week laundry will come up and he'll just kind of mechanically be like okay it says laundry let me get the laundry out let me bring it to the We have our washing machines in the back of the apartment building. So we have to go somewhere to do it in the other end of the building. He'll put timers on so that he knows when to go switch it to the the dryer because we do have a dryer and that makes a lot of things very easy. Uh, And then when he gets in, he will immediately fold and or put away everything. So he actually will finish the load of laundry, one or two loads of laundry within like less than two hours. And I think because he only counts his time as the time that he spent hands-on, like actually bringing it over there, switching machines, bringing it back and folding. He's like, oh, it only took like 20 minutes. Oh, (laughs) jeez. 
I cannot uh, think about time that way. (laughs) I understand it. And it's it's a great way to live. It makes it feel like everything is much shorter. Mm -hmm. But I cannot function that way. That's why I hate proofing bread. Uh, so basically, like, even, even if you though put it's, it away, it's yeah. all hands on all the time. It feels like for you. I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Go. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I made uh, egg tarts uh, recently, Ooh. and the thing about egg tarts. Do you know Lord Stowe's? I think that's a uh, the popular brand here in the Philippines. I don't no, know if I you. Don't. Anyway, I know. I'd... I know Liching. Yes, but uh, anyway, egg tart, uh, the crust, I guess, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the tart, the, the, pastry, the part. pastry part of the egg tart um, is made like, uh, like croissant. It's basically uh, multiple layers of butter and, uh, and dough and bread dough, pastry dough. And mm-hmm. the way to do it is basically like, Roll out the dough, you put some butter on, you stick it in the refrigerator for 30 minutes, then you bring it out, you fold it, ref for 30 minutes, bring it out, fold it, 30 minutes. And so there's no proofing, but still it's like four folds over the course of two hours and then the formation part. So even though I'm only actually holding the bread for maybe, yeah, like something like a 20, 30 minutes, I still count all of that time. Like, <laughs> I think that's also why whenever we do cleaning, so hey, hey, cleaning podcast. Think of that. Oh, yeah. uh, how about that? Um, when we do cleaning, or when when I say we, me and my partner, um, we all we just kind of hit everything all at once mm-hmm. because it feels like it takes up less time. Like I know that. You know, I listen to your podcast. Love it. Uh, I know that you advocate um, breaking things up into small chunks or small tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a subset of people for which uh, the shotgun approach is actually more productive. Um, yeah, I think um, Jason does that. It's like a blitz, but he does it twice a week. So yeah, it's like Wednesday, Saturday. He'll blitz everything and then he'll have no chores the other five days. <laughs> do you remember um do you remember the movie Annie? Yes. Uh there's that mm, the 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 scene where she is first introduced to the mansion and then someone asks her, So what do you think? And then she's like, uh, I don't want uh I don't want the soap to drip. So first we'll start with the ceiling and then the window, <laughs> something like that. And that is a, a scene that has stuck with me because that's a really practical approach. You, you know, the the top-down approach, basically. Top, top to bottom. Yes, top to bottom. And I think that's something that uh, I still follow when we clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like once or twice, twice if we feel like... Um, the house needs it but you know we live in a small uh, apartment mm-hmm. it's a one bedroom so it's not a lot to clean there's only two of us so we can get away with uh once a week cleaning but basically it's like all right just dust off everything uh that is high on shelves or on, on 
like on cupboards or on top of the refrigerator or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you work your way down to table surfaces, so counters, uh, tables, desks. And then after that, we vacuum. And then uh, I get down on my knees with a rag and spot clean all of the, you know, we have a tile floor. So -hmm. there are little marks and I hate them. And so we will go and scrub them. And we spend about, yeah, about two hours doing that. But I feel like the way we do it, it feels like it's such a thorough job. I'm, I'm sure we're not like professional level cleaning, but it feels pretty thorough to me. It and it like feels really good. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's we use matter. bleach and everything. Um, <laughs> and it feels really good because you know that this is good for a, a while and it's all very clean. I like the satisfaction of seeing like, oh, no, no dishes in the sink or the dish rack. Uh, like the uh, table surfaces are all like uh, nice and shiny and smell like Lysol <laughs> and uh, the books are all dusted, stuff like that. I, I feel like that's my favorite me- method of cleaning uh, but it is not sustainable. Do you remember um, when we were in our greenhouse house? And that mm-hmm. was basically at any time there was like six, seven, sometimes even eight people living in the same yeah. house. And, and it's a condo. Mm, and it's a condo. It's very small quarters. And I feel like the difficulty for uh that scale of people is you need to involve everyone otherwise it just doesn't work (laughs) because everyone has their own little messes and they have their all their stuff I think that was part of the problem was that there's all this stuff it's Mm. not necessarily yours it just belongs in the condo yeah and it's very hard to take everything down and clean the surface and put everything back like it's always a huge project whichever section you go to And people get irritated if you move their stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's like (laughs) uh, our our aunts had a giant collection of uh, romance novels. Yes, which I read all of them. I think I may have read at least a fourth or a third of them. There are very many. I did not have that much uh, patience for it. But I read a few. They're very good. Uh, And murder mysteries. Yes, Um, but their books took up so much space and would collect so much dust, and I was never allowed to touch them, even though I (laughs) wanted to clean them, because they would fall apart. Literally, they were so old and so so red, so beloved. uh, That they were falling apart. I think that the um, air quality. Uh, in in Manila because of the heat, um, partially probably pollution, mm. uh, and then the humidity, all of which are super bad for paper. Yes. Uh, I think makes everything really brittle after a while. So, yeah, I I hear that. Um, Poor Judith McNaught. <laughs> disintegrating. 
under the <laughs> Philippine sun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, do you think also that the reason why you have this kind of cleaning routine compartmentalized to be like, okay, we have two hours, let's do this, is because when when you were growing up in particular, that sometimes you would come home and your room would be in a totally different part of the country. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for your listeners, I'm sure you've discussed some of this, but our, our mother, <laughs> our mother, well, both of our parents are architects, but our mother is especially uh, special. Hands on. <laughs> uh, the, because uh, our house was basically her, her showroom and mm-hmm. her laboratory. Her and she loved, yes, she loved experimenting with, um, you know, uh, her interior designs and uh, finishes to the point that uh, she would move rooms. I know that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but uh, she would get carpenters to come in in the morning, take down a bunch of walls and move them to another part of the apartment. And this is not a huge apartment. This is, you know, a three bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. But with seven, eight people living in it. So uh, it's it's not the, the biggest space, but she would find ways to relocate rooms and, you know, change their proportions, change their, their, uh, their dimensions. And it would happen over the course of hours, which was always fascinating. So such that one day I left for school. <laughs> and then when I came back home, my room was no longer where I left it. <laughs> and oh, my, my best friend uh, was had come home with me at the time we were going to play games or something, either uh, PlayStation or something. And then he was just uh, mind boggled. He was just amazed (laughs) because here I was shouting, not shouting at mom, but, you know, generally shouting because I was upset. (laughs) Mom, where is my room? He'd probably been there like within the last couple of days. Oh yeah, he, over a lot. <laughs> he, he, he he was just so amazed that he did not say anything. He just watched the scene unfold. I'm <laughs> sure it would have made for a good uh, sitcom episode, uh, like a mo- uh, like an episode of Modern Family or something. I, I can uh, picture it like you're go like going to every door and like the cameras on the other side of the door, and you open the door like, nope, that's not it. Another door. Nope. Hello. Else's room. Where's my Hi, phone? have you seen my room? <laughs> I seem to have misplaced it. <laughs> but yeah, she would do that. And she did that a bunch of times. Um, also, one of the interesting things about our house was that um, I, may, I may get this wrong, uh, but from what I remember is it was designed during the time that brutalism was the in thing when it came to architecture. Um, so like lots of poured concrete pebble wash and geometric mm-hmm. shapes. Mm-hmm. So our apartment, instead of being a bunch of you know squares and rectangles, which is what you normally see when you see 
like a floor plan. Anyone who's ever seen, yeah, a building. Anyone who's ever been in a building will recognize rectangles. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not our, our childhood home. This was not our apartment. Our apartment was made primarily of octagon. <laughs> we had so many angles. Um, this is true. I, I don't think I ever had a rectangular room. All of my rooms were either variations of triangles or trapezoids. Or pentagons sometimes. Yes. Because you would have like a square, but one corner is cut off. <laughs> it was a ridiculous <laughs> house with many, it many structural is. problems. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was fun and interesting. And because uh, it left such a strong impression, I never want to live in uh, a non-rectangular house ever again. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you. I mean, I think it's interesting too because um, in a way it also did create a lot of storage. Like underneath every um, bank of windows, there would be like, a three or four foot concrete storage unit. See, I had that, I had that exact same thought growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think that was indoctrination by our mother. Because if you think about it rationally, if the design had been normal, if our house had been normal, instead (laughs) of storage there, they would have put the window like two, three feet forward where Mm -hmm. the wall should be and we would just have a bigger house (laughs) essentially starting to get there (laughs) but you're right (laughs) yeah oh yeah mom has taken like a hammer and chisel to the (laughs) to that uh house um She has destroyed many of the the corners, but there are very many of them still left. It is a a battle that she will never win. (laughs) (laughs) But she will try. Uh, Another thing, I I feel like this is something we discuss um, in terms of organizing things. And I love organizing things. Um, so even if it is a big complicated chore, I want to do it because it is very satisfying when you complete the organization, but every summer vacation we used to go to our cousins, um, so in the Gupan, we would go to our cousin's place in the summer and reorganize their entire Lego collection. Yes, and that was a lot of Lego, um... What's a balde for context for your uh, American listeners? Um, <laughs> Bal- I, balde is like bucket or tub, I guess. Tu- I, we're in tubs. I, I feel like it would be closer to like the trash bins that you have, like the, <laughs> the um, that you put on the curb there in America, right? Right. right. Yeah, it's um, trash it's, bins. It's tall. Like you can fit a person inside these bins. Uh, (laughs) they were meant for containing water but instead they contained lego lots and lots and lots of lego and oh they had a playroom right they had Mm -hmm. like a room dedicated to all of their their toys and gadgets and whatnot 
and it had this giant table in the middle, like the size of a dining table. And when we came over in the summer, we would just take over that table. We would dump out all of the Lego and we would categorize it. And this was like something that you led. I remember that you were the one who's controlling the tally and I'm kind of like the, the factory worker. I'm like, <laughs> all right, here's all the, the long pieces. Here's all the flat pieces. Here's all the, the, the custom pieces, like the, 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 the very few curve pieces or the, the right, Lego Technic the style. Yeah. Here's all, all the, the people in the outfits. All the pants. All the things that they hold in their hands. Oh, gee. Uh, for your listeners, uh, the level to which my sister uh, demanded that the uh, Lego was organized is we would pull apart all of the people. We would remove... <laughs> so a Lego person is composed of a head, a, a torso, legs... And then they would have hair and then other accessories. And we would split them apart like we were, I don't know, taxidermists. <laughs> <laughs> and just like stick them on like the flat pieces. And so you just have all of these like disembodied heads, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like rows and rows of Lego heads and then rows and rows of Lego bodies and rows and rows of Lego pants. Uh, <laughs> And then I think we would like do something. Oh, I remember um, there there are pieces in Lego that it, it's just basically like a clamp. It looks like the hand, mm -hmm. right? But but you can like stick it on a block, and then we would build racks out of it, which is like basically like I don't know. I guess the real word equivalent would be like um, you know in the in a hardware store. Mm -hmm. uh, when they have all the tools on the wall, so you would see like, um, gu like Lego guns, Lego swords, bow and arrows, uh, horses, entire <laughs> horses. Oh man, that was such an endeavor, and it was a very good way to pass time <laughs> during uh, lazy summers. I'm sure they were annoyed with us because uh, we would oh, not yeah. allow them to play with their Lego for the entire duration <laughs> that we were doing inventory. Well, they're allowed to play with it only after we've organized everything mm. by type, size, color, and shape. Like, after everything was organized, and of course we don't have photographs of this, I just have my memory. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then once everything was organized, then you could start building things. And then the goal then was then to build something and use every piece that they owned. <laughs> oh, yes. And so that... I think we had a really elaborate town one time, complete with vehicles, airport, police station. Yeah, yeah. And, and that one, I think, like, lasted at least two summers, maybe mm -hmm. three. Like, we, we, we had started on it, and it was so elaborate that they just left it there. And then the next summer we came back, they're like, oh, it's still here. All right, let's continue this uh, building project. <laughs> uh, it's a multi-year uh, Lego town development. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this is basically when we were uh, like grade school age, right? Mm -hmm. uh, fast forward to a couple of years later, uh, you were in college, I was in high school. 
and then The Sims 1 came out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember The Sims. I haven't played in probably 20 years. It's been that long. <laughs> I do. Th- years? Yeah, I think that's about right. I'd love to look it up, but that's no Googling, no Googling. But anyway, like The Sims also informs a lot of my like ability to design I think I guess like starting from that Lego like Mm -hmm. I feel like we both share this uh, partially because of our parents and like just living around architects and partially because of games like The Sims and Theme Hospital, Afterlife, Sim City. Oh yeah Afterlife is really good. Yeah Uh, we are good at portioning off like making sense of chaos, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Then, I think there was a thing where Papa recently uh, went and got vaccinated, but while he was waiting in line for his vaccination, he was mentally like trying to solve the organizational problems of the way that the waiting area was. <laughs> like we just get that from them like we see a problem we want to solve it immediately and you know like don't pay us or anything the Mm. the solving of the problem is its own reward (laughs) yeah um i lived i lived with roommates uh a couple years ago so for the five years that i was a corporate employee i lived with roommates Mm -hmm. uh it was a four-bedroom apartment. Basically, just think of it as a dorm. And I de facto became the den mother <laughs> because uh, I needed to teach them how to live life more efficiently because that's how we, we, we approach things. <laughs> we want, you know... Like like the Sims, there's like an optimal way to perform so that you are you are uh, making the most of the 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 uh, small amount of time that you have to to be alive, right? So, so you have to get your to get all their diamonds to green. Yes, yes, I, I need uh, to address their social, their uh, their their food, their uh, what is that rest, cleanliness, cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no bathroom accidents. <laughs> like, you know how we're talking about uh, our childhood apartment and how uh, everyone had their own stuff and we could not really touch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, living with roommates where I was in a position of power, say, <laughs> uh, because I was the <laughs> den mother, I was the one who did the cleaning. Therefore, that gave me veto rights or, or at least some say on how uh the the house was maintained and basically like they i had my own separate bathroom and then three of them shared uh a bathroom i i was like i I basically i had the 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 master's bedroom so to speak uh but uh whenever i would go into their bathroom it was just like a giant counter filled with things right (laughs) and it was three boys and they had uh all of their own products like they did not share products they each had their (laughs) own products and it was just a giant mess and I would just come in there and uh, I had this like wire shelf that I would stick 
onto their uh, their countertop, and I would take all of their stuff and organize it. Here's all the deodorant. Here's all the soap. <laughs> here's all the hair gel. And I can't help it. I know that uh, like it's probably something that they don't care about, but I do because I need <laughs> to organize it because it needs to be set up that way. Uh, same with uh, cupboards, like they would just stick whatever dishes in whatever cupboard and I'm like no 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 yeah yeah. it's basically like oh this fits here it goes here now and I'm like no 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 plates are here cups are here uh utensils are in this drawer and the utensils do not mix with you know the cooking implements the spatulas and stuff (laughs) like that organizing you know, some people would say that it's um, uh, what do you call this obsessive compulsiveness, but I do still find it satisfying to like make sense of of disparate things of 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 things in the house. Well, it, it makes things easier to find, right? Which I feel yes. like saves you a lot of time and aggravation. Mm-hmm. So you're not hunting around, you know, if you're looking for forks, they're either here or they're here. Like if they're dirty, they're here. If they're clean, they're here. (laughs) Very predictable. Yeah. And like, in my mind, I wish that I was like a Japanese level minimalist, where (laughs) if you enter a room, there is nothing, like everything is hidden away. But, uh, you know, I don't actually think that's practical. I think there needs to be space for some mess. So for example, like desks, like you just need things sometimes. And sometimes there is no like, uh, there's no like, like uh, grouping for them. There's no formal grouping for them. It's just things that you use. So for example, like my desk contains, um, uh, you know, my keyboard, my my mouse, a bunch of pens, uh, a screwdriver, which I seem to use all the time, glasses, you know, it's a bunch of stuff and it's okay. Like, I don't mind that my desk is full of these things that uh, are not organized. I don't need to be that level, but I do want like the rest of the house to be clean. Oh, it totally makes sense. I mean, I think there's a, a certain level of clean in other places that allows us to make a mess where you need to make a mess. So if you're working on a project and you have all your, your stuff out, like I'm like that with my dining table because we don't eat there, we eat in front of the TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. My childhood dream come true, which is to eat in front of television every night. Yeah. Um, So our dining table right now is actually full of a cleaning and organizing project that I started the other day. So I'm on my staycation. Um, Uh But all I've done is I went through my closet and I pulled out all the clothes I don't want to wear anymore or don't fit. Um, And I went through like random shelves and cabinets and I pulled out stuff. I took photographs of everything. And I posted like a hundred plus photos on our buy nothing group, our local buy nothing group. And I, after our call today, 
I have to figure out who gets what and set up all of their pickups. So this is what I'm doing for my staycation. It's oh, wow. just getting rid of things. So it's, I don't know. It, and it feels like exciting. It's also tiring. Like it's a lot of work. But I also feel like, I, and I think I will feel more relief once people actually come and get their things today and tomorrow. Um, but it doesn't look clean. Like it's a bunch of boxes and random stuff on this very long table I have in the dining room. It looks horrible, but I also, <laughs> I feel the impending, I'm looking forward to the feeling of uh, unloading all of this stuff on other people. <laughs> <laughs> Inflicting others with your mess. Yes. <laughs> Inflicting well, hope... mess on others. Well, the hope is that it disperses and therefore mm -hmm. is no longer a mess, right? And people are really excited. Um, there's a bunch of dresses that I bought over the last couple of years to wear to like events or weddings, which were not going to anything anymore ever, I feel like. So I was like, oh, I can let these go. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to be wearing these fancy dresses. Um, and uh, there's one dress, I think 20 different people posted on it. Um, and now I have to do like a random name picker and figure out who won it. People were very excited. Oh, that's fun. That. Like a raffle. Mm -hmm. Like I don't so collect. my weekend yeah. is about. You don't I don't what? I don't collect enough stuff anymore. Like I, I kind of got out of the habit of... Uh, buying physical things I feel like mm -hmm. most of the stuff that I buy now is digitally be it books games or whatever but uh the last time I moved I gave away a bunch of stuff that you know at the time I was so let me rewind a little bit so I love games both uh, video games and like tabletop you know board games you grew up mm -hmm. with board games mm -hmm. and I had a bunch of them I had like a decent shelf of you know the usual board games your your Catans your um Lords of Waterdeep uh, stuff of like Waterdeep. that uh you know uh a bunch of D&D &D, uh books and in my head like I love this stuff like this stuff that uh, I used a lot. I have very many memories of it. And, um, you know, uh, I'm attached to them. But at the same yeah. time, I was like, you know what? I don't actually play them anymore because as an adult, my friends don't have a lot of uh, <laughs> energy to sit down and play a board game. I feel like, all right, pre-pandemic, even when we would meet up, it would not be like a meetup and sit down for like four hours and play a game. It's more like meet up for an hour and, you know, have dinner, mm -hmm. uh, talk a bunch, uh, drink a little bit. And so the last time I moved, which is like two years ago, almost, uh, I decided to give that stuff away and mm -hmm. it really broke my heart, but it felt better because I think every like bit, I gave to someone who would really, you know, of course it's nerd appreciate stuff. It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them really appreciate it and we're really happy to just, you know, get this uh, board game for, for free or this like 
D&D Dungeons uh, Dungeon Master Guide, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think there's two things. There's like the, or there's three really. One is the uh, sadness because you're like, oh, that was my thing that I acquired and I have an emotional attachment to why I got it. And then there's the letting go part where you're like, well, it's still really good and I'm going to give it to someone else who will really appreciate it, which is how I feel about this clothing or, you know, when you give your board games away. Although I kind of wish I didn't give away my regular pandemic board game. We only have like the legacy versions now, but. Oh, pandemic classic. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused because we are in a pandemic. I was, (laughs) you know, word association, but yes, go on. Yes. <laughs> and then I think the third thing is um, the switch from physical to digital. So you brought up Lords of Waterdeep, which is a really great uh, Dungeons and Dragons car- is it a card game. I guess it it's is a, a board it's game, a board game still, with yeah. cards. It's a board game with cards and you have resources and you your strategy is basically you're trying to do the uh, get the most points for the Lord of Waterdeep that you serve. And um, the there so there's an app, a, actually a very good game app for it, uh, which I'm now hoping is available in the Philippines on Android because you can actually play uh, across platforms with your friends by making an account. And um, when we stop being able to meet up physically to play Lords of Waterdeep, we uh, change to the app. And so we have a constant, never-ending game of Waterdeep with some friends of Jason's. Oh, that is fascinating. We play literally every day. Uh, There was one point where we tried to play two games at once, and that was terrible. So we only (laughs) play one. Oh, I bet you could do that with something like like Carcassonne. Yes. <laughs> I think that's simple enough. But Waterdeep, like Waterdeep, no. <laughs> oh. Especially because it's asynchronous, um, and someone can whoever's turn it is. If they don't get notified on their device, it might be days mm. before they finish their move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a matter of like, remember what was I trying to do? Oh, <laughs> it's like the longest game of chess mm-hmm. it's like Except after like... every turn you, you you get up and you know have lunch <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like um there is this thing that we have been trying to do where I, I I love physical things and there are certain things that you can't make into a digital things like blankets or whatever clothes Uh you still have to have a physical object but there are a lot of things like music and books and board games and things like that that you can get in digital format and I feel like the push that we that Jason and I have been doing of trying to switch certain things to digital format allows us to keep or acquire uh, a reasonable amount of physical objects so I feel like we're not going to be minimalist ever as uh-huh. much as we both like, like I love watching home design shows 
and you know it's just a blank void with a fireplace and a somewhere to lie down <laughs> um my favorite is the bowl of balls that is my favorite uh design element because i <laughs> it serves no purpose it's like a it's small bowl balls. yeah with a bunch of ceramic balls <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, oh, also I, the base with sticks. Oh, yes, a base with sticks <laughs> in it. It's not even like an aromatic diffuser or anything. It's literally just a vase yeah, with just sticks, sticks inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we so, watch too much can... uh, HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's constantly on. Like, if I go and visit the parent, if either of us go and visit the parents, um, it's either our sister watching Hawaii Five-0 or mm -hmm. unboxing videos on YouTube yes. uh, or Home and Garden TV. <laughs> yes. oh, so I feel like uh, I appreciate the minimalism, but I also am never going to get there. But giving myself a, a, a directive to think, do I get this in digital or physical format allows me to have a little bit of both if that makes sense. Yeah, like you can keep on, you know, keep hold of one or two things that are really near and dear to you. But I feel like, especially for books, I feel like when when we were growing up, I always had the belief that books should be read. And so even the books, like pretty much all of the books that I got, I would give away uh already back then and it was not like to declutter it was just because you know back then it's like oh my god i love this book here read it you read it so please we so we can it. talk about it yeah <laughs> um i know you sent me all of lemony snicket series of unfortunate events mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure at least 10 people have gone through <laughs> that set uh, and I no longer know where it <laughs> is. Uh, it has been passed down through so many people. But uh, I don't, like, it was a gift from you. And uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel very happy about that. Oh, I feel very uh, happy that you shared it with people, too. Mm. That's awesome. I think that's, I do feel this is a hoarders thing where like um, I think people who hoard have like this emotional attachment to things uh, especially if it is a person that they're they no longer know or like no longer friends with or had a falling out or that person passed away or something like that um, but I also I think I developed a couple of things because of my friend Colleen uh, who might be listening to this podcast, uh, I have developed this thing of like not giving gifts to people just to give them a gift. I give them something that I think they will use or want or need, but also if they don't want to keep it eventually, I'm cool with them giving it away. Whereas I feel like um, the previous generation of our family, for example, Kitapur, whom I love very much, um, but who also has a lot of stuff and gives a lot of gifts. Um, if you receive something from Kitapur uh, and you don't display it in your house <laughs> and she 
I mean, granted, she lives in another country, so she doesn't come over <laughs> to my place very often. But I do remember the last time she did come visit, I literally went through all of our storage and was like, what has she given me? <laughs> I need to put it out. It has to be on the shelf when she comes or she will be really offended <laughs> that I've given this thing away. I'm actually staring at, um, she gave me a mail sorter, which we never sort on our mail. It's, it's always in a pile and then we either shred it or throw it away. So there's no purpose to this object at all. But on my front door, there is a, a, a mail sorter that she gave me probably 10 or 12 years ago. I still have it and I'm never giving it away. But I also feel like, um, you know, that same thing of like, you keep this couple of special things, but that allows you to let other things that someone else might think is special, but don't serve you a purpose anymore to let them go, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Oh, what about Redwall, which is another book series that I gave you? I just started reading the first one last Again, um, <laughs> to the winds. Uh, no, well done, like, huh? yeah, yeah, because they were great books. I love, that's another one that I would just love giving away, uh, like having people read. And I, I'm pretty sure it went through, I, I, there's at least five people who, if I say, uh her eye <laughs> they will reply hur, hur, hur. <laughs> uh, love the moles i'm not the... at the moles yet but <laughs> that's amazing that's really sweet actually that that's the that's the they have like a very like peculiar way of speaking and that's the only mm-hmm. one that we could like verbalize with any consistency <laughs> but <laughs> it's very good her eye <laughs> and I'm sure it sounds different to uh, Brian Jacques in his head, but uh, that's the the sound that we go with. Oh man, I love that series. That I'll let is... you know when I get to that point in the audiobooks because I'm listening to the full cast recording. Uh, I'm borrowing one t- one at a time from the library. So when I get around to it, I'll let you know what they say on the mm. audio. It's a lot I'm... of British actors. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure uh, they are involved in the first uh, book, the Red Wall book, Red Wall. but mm-hmm. I don't think they they come into, I don't think you, you meet like entire tribes until later, probably like uh, Mathias or something. Well, I started a, um, a Facebook group. I have like 10 friends in it right now Uh who either have already read the books a long time ago and are rereading it um or i also have a friend who she has a nine month old and they have been reading her books every day since she was born um so this not even one-year-old child will get to read redwall (laughs) oh this month i know (laughs) so nice good series (laughs) and it's also one of the like the more wholesome ones i Mm -hmm. think it's, I feel like it's, so I'm only about a quarter through the first book, maybe a little less. I feel like it's Game of Thrones, but also but happy. super wholesome, happy <laughs> and sweet and no swearing and sex. And, and the bad violence. guys lose and yes, the good guys win. Violence, but <laughs> uh, and the, that's actually one of the surprising things. It's like, 
when I think about Redwall, it is actually quite violent. They, they portray like full-scale mm-hmm. battles and wars and all of the atrocities that come with it. There's poisoning, there's siege warfare, there's infiltration, backstabbing. But so it all it's... still feels very like wholesome and honest the way they do it. I really yeah, like Redwall. It's written for children. I think it's technically middle grade. So like middle school, what's that like twelve ish years old? And um, in the first quarter of the book, some, a named character has already died. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone has died. Someone got stabbed. Um, so it is very violent, but it's also really sweet and wholesome and fun. Jeez. At this point, we're just going to turn into uh, a, this is a now book. the Red Wall podcast. Oh, <laughs> um, did you ever read the Artemis? <laughs> Should, should we talk about this? I mean, like, sorry, <laughs> like this is tangent stuff. Is that all right? Oh yeah. Uh, have you ever read uh, the? I can edit this. <laughs> yeah, we can just cut it out. Whatever. Uh, have you read the Artemis Fowl series? I uh, no, I haven't. All right. I want to. On my list. Um, is this another book club or podcast that I'm starting? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like there are. I think Redwall and Artemis Fowl are the like book series that I would point to where it has like very adult themes but are done well. Mm-hmm. And when I say well, it's like, oh, it's like said in ways that children can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is quite good. The, like the Artemis Fowl series talks about like technology and environmentalism and uh, like global warming, and it has fairies and trolls and dwarves, <laughs> and the protagonist is a basically a a child Bruce Wayne, <laughs> but not Batman. He's just Bruce Wayne. He's just okay without the okay. Got it. Got it. Ooh, but he's also like uh, dastardly. So not Bruce Wayne. He's um, Ocean's Eleven. He's Danny Ocean. <laughs> He's basically like ten year old Danny Ocean. Anyway, it's a it's another like series I that I often recommend to young, like basically a bunch of my friends have kids, and uh, I'm like, oh, he should he should your your child should start reading these. They are good good books. I, I love that. Um, the the point of this tangent being that. You can love a thing, like really love it, but you don't have to have a physical copy of it in order to love it. You like you keep your experience, you know. You you keep your memory of the experiencing it, and then you share it with other people in its physical form because you can't really like buy the ebook and then give it to somebody else. You have to mm-hmm. like buy them a separate copy. But the physical copy, you can just be like, here you go, read all of this. And then they'll either keep it or they'll pass it on to someone else and it just keeps going and going, which I I really like that idea. Yeah, and if you do value the experience of reading something, like if there's a book that you reread like every year or every other year, you know, some people I know just every year they will read through the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's their mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are ebooks now and you know, you can give that copy away or maybe uh, like 
downgrade from your your limited edition um, <laughs> hardcover illustrated uh, tome, yeah, that occupy that is basically the size of a small child. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could give that away to like a library or school, you know, someplace where it could get more use, like more mm-hmm. people could experience it. And then if you just want to read it, get on that ebook. It's very convenient. You can have it in your pocket at all times. Mm-hmm. I read through. <laughs> yes, um, I read through. Geez, what is it called? The Wheel of Time. Oh man! What is that? Which is Jordan? yeah, yeah. It is like a ridiculous. It's like I don't know. I think it was. Those are like four inch books. Yeah, they're like seven, seven, nine books, whatever. It was a bunch of books, and they're all like uh 500 to 700 pages whatever uh <laughs> and i read them all while sitting on a beach uh because it was just in my pocket i did not have to carry around uh, a tome i was picturing you at a beach like lying lying on a sand or on a reclining chair or something with mm-hmm. seven or however many <laughs> I just bring like, around the entire set. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that I can only <laughs> read one one physical book, I would bring out like I have one of those the like little carts. Yeah. <laughs> I just look like an encyclopedia salesman. <laughs> Jeez, that is a fun image, though. Please draw this image. That's <laughs> what I want for my birthday. <laughs> oh man, that's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yours too. Oh. <laughs> well, July, I'm August. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we were supposed to be talking about that was cleaning related. I do feel like talking about, you know, keeping, decluttering, deciding to switch to digital is is also very cleaning adjacent. So we're still on topic. <laughs> oh, uh, tidbit of trivia for for your listeners, especially mm-hmm. those who know you personally. Uh, one of the things that uh, my sister would do uh, and force us to do uh, that I kind of dislike, but I actually eventually got to uh, liking or enjoying at least in retrospect, is that every Halloween when we go out trick or treating. And then we bring home a bunch of candy. We are not allowed to eat the candy because we have to do inventory first (laughs) of our halls. And the candy, which would range, you know, from your fun size candy bars to just like bags of candy corn or sometimes even like (laughs) loose candy corn. That was the worst. (laughs) Just a handful of candy corn in the bag. Anyway. and it was so many different types and you had so many of them and we had me and cherry pie would just have to like sit there at the edge of the bed while you took out all of the the candy and wrote down in your little notebook uh (laughs) line item uh bubble gum tape (laughs) uh quantity too And actually, like, it, it was pretty good because after you would do inventory, you would also do the, the rationing. And so <laughs> I feel like we got to enjoy our candy for longer 
than most kids because most kids are just like gobble up all of the candy. Yes, and then you're in a sugar coma yes. for like 24 hours or whatever. <laughs> but we would make it last like a month. <laughs> but honestly, like at the moment when we're just sitting there <laughs> in our costume, uh, what was Cherry Pie? She was like a bumblebee. No, I think she was like Little Red Riding Hood or something. I don't remember. But she was in a, a costume and I'm in my costume. <laughs> We're just sitting there, just like frustrated, <laughs> quietly steeped in anger while you <laughs> very carefully take out each piece of candy. Uh, and it was, to be fair, uh, it was in your rights because you were the one who stayed home and doled out the candy at the door to the trick-or-treaters who would come to our house. So oh, that yeah, is right. uh, your share of the candy. I would take a cut of the candy. Yes. <laughs> I also give you all of the Tootsie Rolls because I hate Tootsie Rolls. Mm. I think you also gave away all of the candy corn. I remember eating a lot of candy corn and not understanding why I'm eating candy corn because it's I, terrible. I, I do actually love candy corn, so I'm not No, sure you ate candy corn oh. in a weird way. You you would eat stick... the tip first. Yeah. You you would like <laughs> dismantle it, which is like weird because it. there's no real like it's a piece of thing. <laughs> you should not be biting. It's it's, <laughs> it's smaller than a fun size candy bar. Oh, you would also shell M and M's. Jeez, that was you also. Yes, of that course. Of course, you bite your candy corn by by line. <laughs> I would eat the shell first and then the chocolate of the M and M's. <laughs> And sometimes the peanut. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you would... Oh, the, the deconstruction. Candy deconstruction. Uh, meanwhile, there's me on the side where I take like five or six Starburst. Do you remember that? <laughs> the It's like... It's gummy candy, but like hard gummy, right? Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it for someone who's not seen Starburst before, but Starburst candies were these candies that are individually packaged. You're supposed to eat them one piece at a time, but instead I would take five, six pieces of them and then smash them together. And then using the warmth of my hands, I would like melt it slowly and then turn it into a ball. Uh, <laughs> and it would just look like, uh, it would basically look like a jawbreaker. And I found this fascinating at the time, uh, but in retrospect, it was very disgusting for me to do because <laughs> it would take like I don't know twenty minutes of me just mashing this thing in my filthy child hands. <laughs> but if you <laughs> then, do it, if you do it with different colors, it comes out like that um, clay, like mil- I can't say it, milifui. It's like the, it's like when you take sheets of clay and then you like press them together and then you like roll them up and then you cut it oh yeah, and yeah. there's like a pattern inside it's like it's like marbling yeah yeah yes exactly like the different flavors basically mm-hmm. you have the uh the red flavor the blue flavor and then i think there was like it's supposed to be green like apple but it just it just is pale <laughs> It doesn't look like an apple. It looks like the the flesh of the apple. But basically, that would create the the marbling effect. That's why you would need five or six of them so that you can get that pattern. In. Oh, jeez, that was disgusting. Ugh, ugh. Things we do as okay, children. Now, we, now we've gone off topic. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but I hope this has been fun for people to listen to, uh, oh, to get yeah. to know us a little better and where <laughs> our cleaning, <laughs> our cleaning and organization, uh, our pinch, our penchant, our penchant mm-hmm. for um, cleaning and organizing uh, came from. Uh, I know my boss also. So my boss listens to this podcast. And, hello. Um, hello, boss. Um, she, uh, her daughter is, uh, a messy person. Um, so her, her opposite, her nemesis, basically her child yeah. nemesis. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my offspring, my nemesis. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I don't know if, uh, any of this, uh, actually addresses her particular problem. I, I think it's more of just like an exploration of like, what what happened in our childhood that led to us um, being clean and organized or relatively uh, into cleaning organization as adults. So uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that was entertaining, if not helpful uh, to people. Uh, and we should do it again. We've hit like the hour and a half mark, so. And James, we can talk up a storm, yeah. huh? I, I could talk to you forever, basically. <laughs> but, but also, we don't talk that often. <laughs> and we rarely record. No, I, is this the first time we've recorded a conversation? I think so. I think so. I hope, well, hopefully not the last time. We should I just record really all remember. of our calls, you know, moving <laughs> forward, even if it has nothing to do with your podcast or anything useful to other people. We should just make a separate podcast that is just us talking just hang on (laughs) (laughs) hello what crazy thing are we even up to today (laughs) or no what normal thing have you been up to today the mundane podcast i don't know what to call it bananas and oranges (laughs) which is the thing that only we know Mm -hmm. Ah, no enough people know that you're orange I think some people know that I'm orange. I've mentioned it on here a couple of times, but I don't think I've, I don't remember if I've mentioned that you're Bruce Banana. We're each assigned a fruit uh-huh. and a letter, A, B, C. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, you're, you, you, yours breaks. You should have been apricot or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I'm O? Yeah, you're, you are, o. you break the, the pattern. Like our our actual given names are A B C, uh, mm-hmm. our nicknames are O B C. Unfortunate. Mm. No consistency. What a shame! What a shame! <laughs> Not a good system. <laughs> <laughs> Must correct. You're now Aaron. Orange, <laughs> like Aaron, but with a J. Aaron. <laughs> That's that's somehow even harder to explain than Althea or Alethea. <laughs> oh, Alethea. Alethea. I've never... <laughs> I hate calling you Alethea. <laughs> I, I hate you're that. Gonna, you're going to hate the intros to the last three episodes then, because I started <laughs> changing how I say my name on the podcast. <laughs> Are you Alethea now? <laughs> Alethea just sounds like someone saying Alicia with a list. I, I was trying a thing. I was trying a thing, but I also can't remember to say it consistently, so I'll probably switch it back. Whatever. You you can have five names. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you a Korean name. 
also. <웃음> 안녕. 안녕하세요. Um, yeah, I don't know how to end this episode, so. I also don't know how to end the episode. How about we just say, um, I, I hope that this mess that we talked about, which <laughs> seems to have some loose uh, thread uh, of consistency, is useful to some of your listeners. <laughs> Or they're at least entertaining. I hope so too. <laughs> and and if they really want to give us feedback, they could leave leave comments or a review. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh... <laughs> let's close it up by saying, uh, "I miss you, sister. I hope to see you soon. I love you very much. I think that's something that people don't say enough to each other. We don't talk a lot, but you know, I'm comfortable saying, I love you, sister.' Oh, I love you too, brother." I always think of um, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> brother! <Alchemist>. Brother! <laughs> uh, I love you that much. <laughs> uh, so, so, so am I the one in the metal suit? <laughs> am I Alphonse? <laughs> I think Fan I think of myself dope. as Alphonse, but... <laughs> really? I do. I, I think because he's the one that normally says, brother. <laughs> no, in my head, I think Cherry Pie is Alphonse. She's <laughs> the most actually childlike. Cool. Well, this has been really fun. Let's do this again sometime. Yes. Let's think let's... of more cleaning related topics and or switch to completely different podcasts where we just like, <laughs> talk to each other <laughs> publicly. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about uh, books and who we gave them away to. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, bro. Well. All right, sister. Till next time. You. Till good, next episode good, of. Goodbye. Good. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Filipino goodbye, anyway. Uh, bye, 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 bye with you, bye, love you, bye, see you next time, bye. You turn around at the front door because you forgot something that oh, you yeah. also wanted to say, and then you stay for another half hour. Uh, oh, take home, take home some adobo. Wait, wait, I'll pack you up some adobo. Don't go yet. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I love you. I love I'll you. text you on Viber. Yes, see you around. Bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this week. And if there is anything you would like to share with the rest of the audience on social media, please use the hashtag Clean Your Room Podcast Challenge to share these on Instagram and TikTok. Again, you can follow me on both platforms at Clean Your Room Podcast. I'm also on Twitter as Fruit Juice. That's F R O O T J O O S. That's F R O O T J O O S. I also have a Facebook page if you'd like to discuss, ask questions, or share your cleaning challenges. The Facebook group is paused, but you can still find me on the Clean Your Room Podcast public page, where lately I've been sharing cleaning jokes. I think we can all use a little levity while we're cleaning and organizing. You can find links to all of the channels from my social media profiles, Linktree, and at cleanyourroompodcast.com. 
you can leave me an audio message or send me an email. You can find the links on how to send an audio message on cleanyourroompodcast.com. You can also email into info at cleanyourroompodcast.com. Again, you'll find this and all the rest of the links I've mentioned on my website and social profiles. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can rate or review the show. You can make a monthly contribution through our anchor.fm page, and you can even shop from our bookshop page, which also supports independent bookstores across the country with every purchase. Find us at bookshop.org shop slash clean your room podcast. Clean your room podcast is hosted and produced by me, Althea Aliare. The original opening music is called Bubble Guts, also composed by me. The podcast logo was illustrated by Ashlyn Anstey. You can find more about her artwork and writing at ashlyna.com. That's A-S-H-L-Y-N-A.com. She also has a podcast with her partner, Grant Pardee, called Grashlyn Pardee, which you should definitely check out. This episode was sponsored by and produced on Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening. This is Althea signing off and reminding you to clean your room.